We've all heard it. Anyone who's ever used a GPS has heard the voice that says recalculating, right? <laughs> My wife has finally accepted the fact that um, anytime we go somewhere new, a new destination, we're going to make a minimum of three U-turns in order to the over-under on U-turns is like 2.5. Whenever we go to a brand new destination, it's not that I don't have a good sense of direction. I do. It's just kind of the the details kind of get in the way of me getting to where I'm going. And and every time before we have to make that U-turn, there is that patient voice that says, recalculating. Um, it, It sounds patient at first. Right. I don't know if you kind of have that relationship with your GPS, but after the second or third recalculating, it's hard to tell, but it sounds like she gets an attitude. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I know it's computerized. I know, I'm sure it's the same volume. It's the same inflection. It's the same tone. But after about the second one, she kind of gets edgy with me when she has to say, recalculating, and, and I, I know she's just saying recalculating, but behind that, it sort of feels like she's thinking, you big idiot, like, I, I told you where to go. This is like the third time. Uh, I feel sometimes like I'm being judged by my GPS. I, I feel like I'm getting attitude from my GPS, and, and I'm going to hear that word if we're going somewhere new. I'm going to hear it multiple times, and, and I'll just be honest. My, my first reaction to recalculating is always frustration. It's always, you've got to be kidding me. It looked, it looked like it was the next road. It didn't look like it was this road. You wanted me to, to veer off? I thought you just wanted me to stay in this lane. I can't believe I'm going to waste time. I'm going to have to turn around. It's always one of frustration because I know i got to get over two lanes of traffic now and turn right so I can come back and turn left, get back over two lanes of traffic to turn left. So there's always this frustration that goes with recalculating. But recalculating is not a word intended with anger or with frustration. She's actually trying to help me, right? I mean, the truth is it's not even a she, right? I think it's a she. It talks like a she. But it, it's an it. It's a, it's a computerized deal. That word is meant to help me and, and not to frustrate me. She's actually trying to get me where I want to go. By saying, recalculating. The, the other frustrating part, um, the, the, I have to admit when, when I hear recalculating, the frustrating part is, I'm the problem, she's not the problem. Right? I'm the one that missed the directions. I, I, I'm the one that didn't make the right turn. And again, sometimes it's hard to tell. Maybe you're not like me, but is it that road or the next road? Are you talking about this now or, or now in a hundred yards? What's that? Life is hard sometimes, right? Trying to figure all that out. It's frustrating because I, I messed up and I now have to correct where I'm going. So here we are at the beginning of 2016. It is a great time for recalculating. As a matter of fact, a lot of us are recalculating Right now, some of us call it resolutions, and so we're making New Year's resolutions, and some of us hate resolutions, so we're not making New Year's resolutions. We've resolved to never make a resolution again, and we intend to keep that resolution. 
So some of us are setting goals and others of us hate goals, and so we're not doing goals. Wherever you are, whatever you do this time of year, New Year is a great time to reevaluate various areas of your life. And some people are doing it for fitness. That's kind of one of the, the top ones this time of year, right? New eating patterns, new diet, new exercise routines, new health agenda for 2016. Uh, some people are doing it for finances. I want to get my finances back. I just opened my visa bill, and I just, that can't happen. That something's got to change. I don't have a savings. I got to build up a savings. So we're making financial recalculations. Uh, some of it is related to family. I'm going to spend more time with family and be a better husband or wife or grandparent or whatever. So there's relational recalculations. All of those are great. We're not talking about any of those in this particular series, but they're, they're fantastic. For the five weeks of January, the five Sundays of January, we're going to just talk specifically about recalculating our spiritual life. And I realize those other things have spiritual components, right? Our, our body and our, is the temple of God. So there's a spiritual component. Finances, spiritual component. Family, spiritual component. I, I get that. What, what we're going to focus on is how do I get on the right road so that 2016 becomes a spiritually profitable year for me? A, a, a year of spiritual growth, a year of spiritual energy, a year where my relationship with God is renewed and re-energized and I'm excited about it again. Or maybe you're already excited about it, but you know, there's, I just need to grow more. I need to understand God more. I need to follow God more. I need to act like Jesus more. So for over these five Sundays in January, that's what we're going to talk about. How, how do I get on the right road spiritually? Because I don't know about you. But just speaking for myself, I'm tired right now. Like anybody else, like after Christmas and New Year's, you're like, oh, uh, just, I just need to do nothing. I just, I'm tired. All of the uh, obligations and the decorating and the undecorating and the traveling and the, and the back and forth. And so, so as we were, we were talking about how we were going to take January, I felt like maybe we just need a, a breath. In January, maybe we just need to breathe. Maybe we just need to exhale and kind of reorient back to the most important things about life and and spirituality. And so we've intentionally tried not to fill up the calendar in January. We we've tried to protect the January calendar for journey, so that we all just kind of step back into a good pace. And, and, and get back into spiritually nourishing habits and lifestyle. Because unlike our GPS, when we're, we're spiritually in the wrong place, when we're spiritually on the wrong road, there is not a voice that audibly comes over us and says, uh, recalculating. Like, you, you don't get to spiritually set whether you want the British voice or the Australian voice or you want the male or the female. Like you don't get to choose all of these options so that the spiritual voiceover can say recalculating to you in the accent that you would like. There's not that voice. Be great if there was, but there's not that voice. What I find for my own life and, and, and spiritual energy and, and uh, health 
I'm able to detect that voice and that leading when I'm still enough and quiet enough for long enough that I hear what God's trying to say. I mean, it's, it's hard to hear God in 5 o'clock traffic, right? I mean, a lot of people talk about God in 5 o'clock traffic. That's not the same thing. I mean, it's hard to hear that voice nudging me towards spiritual growth and health and maturity and being more Christ-like when all lanes are full and horns are honking and I'm flying from here to there and everywhere. So I'm just encouraging you, maybe take this approach with your January. That January needs to be that recalculating month where we... We slow down a little bit to set our life in the proper direction for the next 11 months that are to come. So here's here's a couple of principles about recalculating as we kind of kick this idea off. Here's the first one. In order to benefit from recalculating, we have to admit we're on the wrong road. Like that's, That's the only way recalculating helps us is if we agree with the the voice in our phone or we agree with the voice in our GPS that, you know what, you're right, I'm going the wrong way right now. If you think you're smarter than Siri, then recalculating is not going to help you. It's just if you think you're smarter than the map app that's on your phone, recalculating is not going to to help you. You you get on the right road by admitting, well, right now I'm not on the right road. I need to be on a different road than the one that I'm actually on. And, and by the way, shout out to Brand Mills who turned me on to Waze. Anybody else on Waze? Like, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, I, I told a tragic story about me and Google, Google Maps. And uh, Brand immediately said, hey, you got to start using Waze. Waze has not told me to get out and walk to my destination not one time since I've been using it. All right. If you missed that story, go back on the website and listen to the like two weeks ago, the message I told that story. So, so I'm a baby wazer now, and, and I'm, it's getting me to, to the destinations that I want to be. But here's what I have to admit. I have to admit I'm not smarter than Waze. I'm not smarter than Siri. I'm not smarter than the map app that's telling me to recalculate. I must be on the wrong road, so I need to get back on the right one. And the same thing is true spiritually. Is that when I over this month, or, or, or in your prayer life, or in your quiet time, when you sense God saying, hey, let's, ad- let's adjust this area of your life. Hey, let's, let's, let's do something different in this area of your life in 2016. Hey, let's move this way in 2016. You're not smarter than God. You're just not. So let's agree. We're going to agree with God when He says, mm, wrong road for right now. Let's get on this road. Second idea. It's always inconvenient to turn around. This is a principle of recalculating. It is always inconvenient to turn around. It's part of the frustration of hearing that word, right? Is you're, i got to turn around again. It's going to take all this time. I'm in the middle of track. And if you're downtown Atlanta, it's even worse, right? One-way streets and how do I get back to where I'm supposed to be? Recalculating is Always inconvenient, at least initially. So, so sometimes, this is just how stubborn I am. Sometimes I'm thinking, when, when I get the recalculate message, I'm thinking, but if I just keep going. I, she's going to say recalculate a few more times. 
but maybe she'll give up and just let me go this way and get me. Maybe this will magically become the right road if I just keep going this way. And it never, ever works. It doesn't just magically become the right road because I stay on it. That's the way our our life is too. All areas of our life, personal, relational, financial, spiritual. The wrong road doesn't magically become the right road just because I'm too stubborn to turn. Just because I'm too stubborn to make a change in my life. It is inconvenient. If if you're making health resolutions this year, they're going to be inconvenient, at least at first. Because you're not used to carving out time in your day for exercise. It's inconvenient to stick another hour in there somewhere. You, you have not been tracking your fat grams or carbs or sugars or portions or whatever it is you're going to start tracking. You haven't been doing that. And so it's inconvenient at first to begin doing that. Same, same thing with finances. It's, it's inconvenient to make those cuts at first, but that's exactly what's getting you to your destination. That initial inconvenience that if I do it long enough, it becomes a habit in my life, it becomes a part of my routine. It's no longer an inconvenience, but it it is inconvenient at first. This is why so many resolutions fail by February 1st, right? You start out strong in January and then you're done in February because you actually have to change something in order to get to a new destination. And that change is inconvenient. Same thing spiritually. Over this month, as as we talk about areas of spiritual health, some of them initially are going to be inconvenient because we're just not used to doing them. We're not used to incorporating them into our day. We haven't carved out time for them in our day. We haven't worked up the courage to start living out some of them, and it's going to initially have that awkward, inconvenient, I'm just going to double down and stay on this road, but that road is not going to become the right road just because you stay on it. Third principle. Even a good road may not be the right road right now. A principle of recalculating. Even a good road may not be the right road right now. When I hear the female Australian lady say, recalculate, she's not saying, oh, that's a bad road that you're on. She's just saying, that's not the road that's going to get you where you said you wanted to go. It's a fine road. It's just not right for where you're going now. 78 East is a great road. You get on it, you can go to striplings, right? Get some bacon and sausage, and it's, it's a great road. Mama's Boy Restaurant. You could go 78 East. Biscuits like this big around. My wife and I ate there about two weeks. The Varsity, 78 East. There's great things if you get on 78 East. It just won't get you to Atlanta from Loganville. Like if you want to go to Atlanta from Loganville, 78 East is not a bad road. It's just not the right road right now. Unless you want to circumnavigate the globe and come back. But that's going to take a while. So that's not the road you want to be on. It's not that it's a terrible road. It's just not the right road right now. A part of recalculating in our lives, spiritually or any other way, is the process of elimination. Because I want to get here, then I'm going to choose not to go down this road right now. I may come back later and go down that road. 
I mean, that may be a good road two years from now or six months from now. But right now, I'm going to eliminate that choice, and I'm going to choose this road. Uh, if I want to get my finances in order, just an example, if I want to get my finances in order in January, if I realize i got to pay off some debt or i got to get a savings plan going, that may mean that fast food is a road I don't need to be on in January. Like, I don't need to go through the drive through In January, I need to make my lunch and take it with me so that I can save that and I can use that to pay off debt or I can use that to build up a savings. Or maybe I cut back, right? Some of you got a twitch when I said give up snack food, uh, fast food for a whole month. Yeah. Okay. Chick-fil-A once a week, all right? I hit Chick-fil-A once a week instead of five times a week because I want to get to this particular financial Destination, not a bad road, not a terrible road. Chick-fil-A is awesome. It's just I'm, I may need to eliminate that road for a little while because I'm, I'm trying to get down this road. Sort of the opposite way of saying that is it's not that it's the wrong road. It's just the wrong road now. The Bible has a principle related to this. It's the principle of fasting. It's taught all throughout the Bible as a practice that God's people engaged in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it was simply saying, I'm not going to go down that road for a period of time so that I can maximize this road. Most often in the Bible, it related to food, right? I'm giving up eating for a meal or a day or a couple of days so that I can focus on prayer or seeking God's direction or studying God's word, I'm going to give up that road for a short period so that I can spend more time going down this particular road. Same idea as we're recalculating our spiritual lives over the month of January. We may need to look at the way we're spending our time and our resources and say, you know what, for, for 30 days, for, for, for 29, 28 days that are left in January, for 28 days... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut back on this time consumer, resource consumer, so that I can really get some spiritual habits going in my life. And I may go back to that road in February once I've kind of got my life balanced back out. But so that I can focus on this spiritual growth area of my life, I'm going to give that up. It's what, it's what the Bible calls uh, fasting. And it can apply to almost any area of our, our life. Next principle, we have to choose a destination if recalculating is going to help us. We, we have to pick where we're actually going. As a matter of fact, if you don't like to hear the word recalculating from your GPS, I can solve that for you. Don't punch in a, a destination and she will never say recalculating. Don't tell her which address you're trying to get to. And you'll have a map come up on your GPS, and there'll be like a little avatar of your car, and you can change the color and the shape and have all kinds of fun with that. But if you don't put in a destination, it'll just show you going down the road, and it'll never tell you to change directions. It will never tell you to recalculate. There will never be a wrong road if you don't have a destination. The problem is there'll never be a right road either. You'll never actually be heading somewhere unless you decide, this is where I'm trying to go. This is the kind of person I want to become in 2016. This is what I want my spiritual life to look like in 2016. You remember 
the great book of the Bible, Alice in Wonderland. Alice is, Alice is trying to decide which way to go. And so she asked the Cheshire cat, All right, which path should I choose? And the Cheshire cat's response is, well, that depends a good deal on where you want to go. And Alice's response is, I don't guess it really matters where I'm going. And the Cheshire cat says, well, then it doesn't matter which path you take. If you're not going somewhere, if you don't have a destination in mind, it doesn't matter what road you take. There's no wrong road, but there's no right road, and you're not making any progress. And so January is that time for you and I to think, where do I want my spiritual life six months from now? Where do I want my spiritual life when I get to the end of 2016? What are the qualities and characteristics about my life that could conform more to the person of Jesus in 2016? And what roads are going to get me there? Because it's true that recalculating takes time and reaching the destination takes more time. It takes time. I'm not selling magic formula here. That you pick a destination today and tomorrow, voila, you've arrived. When my GPS says recalculating, she goes into recalculating mode, right? And a little circle pops up and it goes around and around and around. She doesn't say recalculating turn now. She says recalculating and then the circle goes around and I don't know what she's doing. Like, I don't know what she's thinking. Is she checking with the satellites? She's trying to figure out how far off I am? Is she communicating with the other GPS devices that her driver's an idiot and he's lost again? I don't know what she's doing. She's thinking. She's processing. And then she begins to tell me which way to go. That's the way recalculating is, spiritually. That, that's why we didn't do, well, let's just do one Sunday on recalculating. We thought, you know what? If we can encourage all of us, to see this month as, oh, I need to seek the Lord, I, I need to pray, I, I need to look into His Word, I need to give space and time because deciding that this is not the right road for me right now and that this one is usually takes a process of time and prayer and preparation. And then when I get on that road, I'm still not at the destination. It's still going to take me some time to get there. So, so we're given it this month to set up the rest of the year and what God wants to do in us spiritually. Now, Jesus was very clear about the broad target of our destination, of where we all should be heading. And it'll look maybe a little different for each of us. But at the beginning of his ministry, he taught what, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest message from Jesus that's recorded. Continual message from Jesus is recorded in the Bible. And he covers a lot of different areas. But in Matthew 6.33, Jesus zeroes in on, this is really what you're looking for. This is really the destination in just a few words. And some of you have heard these words before, and some of you have these words memorized. Here they are from Jesus' mouth. Seek first His kingdom. And His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. If you want to know where to start, recalculating, this is it. He tells us to seek. In other words, you got a responsibility in this. 
Seek is an action word. It's something we do. Pursue. Strive for. Go after. Start moving in that direction. Don't double down on the same road you've been on. Start moving toward what God wants for you. Seek it. That's our responsibility. You see, God will enable us to live the spiritual life, but He won't live the spiritual life for us. He'll give us the power to. He'll give us the grace to. He'll give us the ability to. But He won't take over our bodies and make us actually live out the spiritual life. So Jesus, at the beginning of His ministry, says, Look, you've got a part to play here. You've got to pursue. You've got to go after, seek, first, which is a word of priority. 2016. The priority of your life is this. When Jesus said seek, he he didn't mean seek this as the priority on January 3rd and then forget about it. He didn't mean seek this as the first priority for the month of January and then forget about it. Seek, in this sense, is something you do every day. Every day, I'm pursuing more what God wants for me. Every day, the priority of my life is to seek what Jesus wants me to seek. And here's what He wants us to seek. His kingdom, or the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven. It's translated several different ways in different Gospels. Seek first, pursue, go after, as the top priority of your life, God's kingdom. Now, what is God's kingdom? It's not a place you go visit and come home. It's not like Disney World. It's not like you check in, you vacation there, and you come home. When Jesus uses the phrase God's kingdom or the kingdom of God, he means simply the place where God's allowed to be in control. Seek the priority of your life to give control to God in all things. Continually give control to God. Look at your examine your life. Is there some part of your life that's not currently under God's control? Then you need to get it in God's control. That's the road you need to be on. The destination you're headed for is that place where God is in control of all aspects of your life. Seek first for God to be in control of you. And when you read the Gospels, this is the main message that Jesus teaches. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... He constantly talks about the kingdom of God or gives an illustration of the kingdom of God or an example of the kingdom of God or a parable about the kingdom of God or says the kingdom of God is like this, all kinds of metaphors for the kingdom of God. Almost his whole ministry is about this one topic. And at the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus said, this is what is most important in your life is that you live under the control of God. That you let him reign and control over everything in your life. And and, and that's what we're doing January. We're, We're asking ourselves, okay, what parts of my life am I in control of that I need to give God control of? What parts of my life am I trying to manage and direct and steer? What are the parts of my life where I'm saying, I'm just going to stay on this road. I'm going to stick with this road. I don't care what anybody says. I'm staying with this. What parts of my life do I need to offer to God and say, you're going to be in control now? Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. 
His kingdom, His righteousness. Righteousness can mean a couple of different things in the Bible. In this particular, uh, in this particular phrase, Jesus means the practical living out of the control of God over our lives. In other words, our daily habits, the way we act and think, our motives, our agendas, our heart, what's going on on the inside, how we treat other people, seek, pursue as the first priority of your life to be under the control of God and to live the way God wants you to live. To live as Jesus would live if he were living out your life. Seek, pursue the righteousness of God. God doesn't want us just to recalculate our beliefs, to agree with some doctrine or theology or belief or a command. Jesus wants us to practically live that out in real, tangible ways. Over the last uh, 20 years or so, there's been a wonderful focus on the grace of God. There's like been this new energy in, in living in the freedom and the grace of God and His acceptance and His forgiveness of us. The one concern I see, kind of where we are in that discussion, is that I think a lot of times we're interpreting the grace of God as a freedom not to ever change things in my life that need to be changed. We're interpreting the grace and freedom of God as a license to just keep doing what I'm doing and tell other people they shouldn't judge me for doing it. That, that's not what Jesus said, though. And I, I'm fairly certain Jesus understood the grace of God. I'm fairly, understood, I'm fairly certain Jesus understood what it meant to be the recipient of God's grace and forgiveness and freedom. And yet Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, said, Look, I want your life to be under the control of God. He loves you. He's forgiven you. He's accepted you. I want you to put your life under his control. And then I want you to start acting in a way that's right in God's eyes. I want you to start talking in a way that reflects the glory of God. I, I want you to relate to other people in such a way that God is honored in the way that you practically live out your spiritual life among other people. Seek first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. I know there's a whole lot more that goes into 2016 than just this, right? I, we, there's a whole lot more things we got to do. Jesus actually gives this message. He gives that line, seek first, in the context of worry and anxiety and busyness and all this other stuff. And in the middle of it, he says, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. get your life under the control of God. Let your actions start being shaped by the person of Jesus let your speech, your thoughts begin to be shaped by God's righteousness. Those other things will get taken care of. Like there's, I know you've got to handle all those other things, but this is the priority of our lives. And I need to recalculate in January. And I think probably you need to recalculate in January. And the great thing is the voice that's going to say, Recalculate, recalculate over these next couple of weeks. The voice is not mad at us. He's not judging us. He doesn't have an attitude with us. He's not edgy with us. It's a voice of love from our Heavenly Father that simply wants to get us on the best road 
that we could possibly be on for our spiritual lives and personal lives. So let's listen to that voice. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for loving us enough to, to not just let us continue down roads that we don't need to be on, for loving us enough, for being gracious enough to step into our lives at times and say, hey, that's not the road you need to be on right now. Maybe fine for later. Or, or maybe sometimes you don't ever need to be on this road. Come on, let's, let's get on a road that's going to lead to God's kingdom and His righteousness. And so I, give us soft hearts in January and, and, and not defensive hearts. Give us the ability to hear from you and from your word and, and, and what you want to say to us. And, and then just help us to say, okay, okay, you're in control. I, I'm going to change my route. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go towards another destination. Help us not to hold back from you during this season of our life as we're preparing for all that you want to do in us and for us in 2016. But help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. In Jesus' name.